0: Or doing things on your own? How about someone working with a firm that isn't so responsive or in sync with your investment philosophy? My podcast talks you through all things financial. Look, there's stuff you don't deal with very often, but investments, insurance, and retirement is something we plan for each and every day. This is the Pennywise Financial Podcast, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here with. Jason Georgiev. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. A little better than fantastic. Um, so today, what are we talking about? What's our main topic today? Cryptos. Cryptos. It's exciting. Alternative investments. And they've definitely got a lot of um, action lately, and we've mentioned them in the past, <clears throat> and there's all different types of cryptos. you know the background on crypto, like when it was started and, and why? Like, why do we even have cryptos? Um, I don't know when it was started.
1: I'm thinking, like, maybe around 2012, around that time period, or is it earlier than that?
0: I, I want to say maybe, like, 2008, 2010, somewhere in okay. there. I think. I think. Let's see. Um, what was the first crypto? I think Bitcoin.
1: Yeah? Everything spawned from that after?
0: I think so. I think that's where kind of everything started. So, this is 2009. Okay. Okay by the so-called Satoshi Nakamoto. How much was it then, does it say there? Um, Let's see, well, if we go to Bitcoin price history, I'm sure we could find all this stuff out, right? So if we go back, way back when, let's see here. Um so 2017 we got to go back further than that right way far but um while we're looking that up what do you know about cryptos Anything.
1: Cryptos, everybody says it's going to replace the the dollar.
0: Digital Price currency. Money, yeah. Digital currency. So I actually heard, so I was on a call yesterday, and um, we use LPL Financial for a lot of, um, you know, for our broker-dealer partnership, but also for our custody of assets. That's where the, the accounts are, are primarily held, right? So if I go, I'm just pulling this up now. The coin, essentially, was, uh, this is 2017. Jeez, I have to go back even further than this but um anyway so the the whole the whole rationale behind having a cryptocurrency or a digital currency like this was in 2008 the crash happened right the market crash we all remember that mm-hmm. what happened um, when governments went in and, and modified debts they essentially wiped out debts right but not for everyone. Not for you, not for me, for large, massive corporations. Mm -hmm. So in essence, they didn't do a whole lot to help the uh, general population, the public, right? It was the massive, large conglomerates, right, that got the breaks. And people said, wait a minute, is that really fair? Like, how fair is that, that, that they had debts erased? We had problems, people had struggles, they had worries, concerns. There was nothing. This time around was different. This this past this pandemic was yeah. different in the way they they uh, <clears throat> went about helping people. Right, took care of the individual person. That's right. Yeah, for the first time I that I can ever remember.
1: But even back then, when they were taking care of the companies, like. Ford, GM, those are the companies you're talking
0: about. Big companies that were. Financial companies, AIG, you think of large insurers, you think of any of the housing industry, bank reform. um, They came out with so many regulations. But what
1: happens to the individual investor if those companies go under?
0: They oh, it's lose, big problems. They lose correct, money. correct. But no. I'm saying um, there are uh, tons and tons of people. We talk about finance all the time. Mm-hmm. We talk stock market. We we look at um, which areas are looking to benefit. There's a whole segment of people, the population, that don't invest at all. They don't yeah. even have a penny in the stock market. And those people might live paycheck to paycheck. They might um, mm-hmm. they may not have the financial wherewithal to be able to invest, right? Mm-hmm. So those folks who have nothing to lose in the stock market, and of course, nothing to gain, they didn't get any help. And those people live paycheck to paycheck, not like you and I that have money in investments and have an emergency fund and things that we always talk about and tout, limiting your debts. These people didn't have any of that stuff. Yeah, there was no bailout for them. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm kind of going off on a side tangent, but one of the main reasons that this cryptocurrency was um, brought about was, hey, we don't want anybody else to come in and regulate. We don't want big government to come in and wipe debts out where you know they can go in and change a ledger, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what what is stopping them from seizing assets and doing all kinds of crazy stuff? It's possible, right? at the bank I can tell you when I uh, was a banker there were people that would come in and their accounts were frozen mm-hmm. maybe they owed money back taxes IRS maybe they had something else going on that I don't know about but um, they had the capability the function to go in and do that yeah and pe- that scares people yeah that scares the, the crap out of people you know they they when you work hard and that's your hard-earned money and you have a house and you know those kinds of things they, they're fearful of that now I would imagine that most of those assets that were frozen and whatnot, there was a reason, right? Right. But anyway, so now Bitcoin comes around, <clears throat> Bitcoin um, and cryptocurrencies in general were created as a way that you and me and people all around the world, a ledger that we control, mm-hmm. right? We verify and that's, they call the mining, right? The mining. So there's a bunch of computers that are all networked together essentially that validate each transaction. And if a government was to come in and say, oh, no, uh, let's eliminate Jason's account, his wallet. They mm-hmm. couldn't do that, right? Nobody else could go in and, and just suddenly change it. So Ooh. your money's your money. You said the government. the crime The can government. Can now, the people that set all this up, can anybody go in there and wipe no. it out? No, and that's, that's actually a great question because what has to happen is, so if I, on my computer, go in and modify the code and modify the ledger, right, all the other computers that are synced to it have to verify that. Mm-hmm. As soon as it's not in sync, they won't verify it because it's not accurate. hmm so that's a, a check, it's, there's checks and balances in that system and that code. Mm-hmm. All the other computers have to verify that same transaction, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So it is more secure. Um, I also heard one of the, the massive transfers um, was around $150 billion, mm-hmm. happened in a matter of 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. It was verified and, and the funds were moved. That wouldn't happen if it was going bank to bank. Because I often say this, like, <laughs> if I have my PayPal or my Venmo account and I transfer money to you, it's there in five seconds, right? Yeah. What does it cost me to move money like that? Nothing. And I think that transaction cost about 10 cents. They were, and This was on CNBC, I think, yesterday. They talked about this transaction. That's a massive transaction that happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's now, typically, accurate. if you had to do that mm-hmm.
1: um, from company to company, how would you do that? It would be a two-month process. Mm-hmm.
0: The last time I transferred 150 billion, I'm not sure how, <laughs> how quick it happened. But uh, yeah, great question. I, I don't know because I don't deal with big transactions like that. Um, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's transferred pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but in the billions with a B, I, I don't. I honestly don't know. I can imagine that it wouldn't
1: take. I don't know. That seems very fast to me to transfer that amount of.
0: Yeah. Money. Absolutely, and and it's irrevocable. Yeah. So when you have when you have transfers like that happening in the crypto space, you move money and it's gone. It's not like oh I made a mistake. KJ sent it back. Well, the money's already there at that destination, that wallet. Yeah. And they're they're long codes, and I don't know who who actually owns that wallet. Right? It's just a long code. Yeah. So so there's definitely, I guess, maybe some benefits there if you're fearful of government, if you're fearful of government takeover and government power. <clears throat> power. So I think that was the rationale behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that we understand why it was created, we'll get into more details in just a minute. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the show. Owner looking for ways to save for retirement, keep in attract track top talent, or maybe just save in the amount of taxes you're paying. We have solutions to help all size businesses from solo practice to mid sized firms. There's a ton of tax incentives just up for grabs. Your employees will thank you for giving them a platform to invest in their future. If you have a retirement plan in place and you're not sure the best way to set things up, reach out to me, Constantine at Monarch Wealth Management, and I'll help you understand your options and know what you own. Not all advisors understand retirement plans, so make sure you're working with a knowledgeable team and experience. So difference. Welcome back to Pennywise Financial Podcast. Constantine here, Monarch Wealth Management. I'm joined by my co-host Jason Georgiev. Welcome back, Jay. Thank you, sir. We um we started off at the top of the show talking about cryptos and why they were created. Mm-hmm. This cryptocurrency, this digital currency. When we took a break, you mentioned um how they work, how they function, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like a bank account, there's uh, no place to go and ask questions, right? You can't go out to your local branch, your crypto branch, right, mm-hmm. and ask questions. Uh, there's no checks that I know of yet, but there is, um, it looks like some debit cards or, or credit cards where you can kind of link them to a crypto account.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? <clears throat> um, <laughs> I, no, I haven't actually. I, I just signed up for um, online poker. Online time. poker, okay. Online poker, and you can use Bitcoin to pay for that if you want to make a deposit. Got it. So, and they give you other options, but they say Bitcoin's the number one thing. They like you to use Bitcoin. Um, but that's the only thing I've seen
0: uh, with that. There, it's pretty new. I know... Um Coinbase. Coinbase uh, just went public uh, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. They have a, like a wait list for this debit card that you can get. And mm-hmm. somehow it ties in to being able to access your account to pay for goods and services. I don't know mm. who's going to accept it. I know it's kind of growing in popularity, <clears throat> um, but I don't know that it's a, a very good store of cash right yeah. now because it fluctuates so much. Now,
1: is this card just
0: tied to your Bitcoin yes. account. So as far not- as I know, <clears throat> all
1: right. So it wouldn't be tied to like your a, a regular debit card, like to your checking and Bitcoin
0: or something. I like that. I don't believe so. Okay, I might be I might be dead wrong. So but I don't be a I don't specific think specific
1: so. card for Bitcoin. Correct. Okay. All
0: right. But uh, the point in bringing that up is. So if, if the main use for this is buying it just so that it goes up in value, it's not really something you can, you can't go put in gas and pay with Bitcoin yet, at least that I know of. Yeah. There are a few places that do take Bitcoin, but it's all digital. Yeah. right now and like you said if the power goes out if there's some massive overhaul in um, in our in our grid our power grid and we don't have access to it you just lost all your money yeah what if all the data gets erased somewhere in in, in essence that could happen I mean yeah. I guess doomsday type thinking right yeah. and you could say the same about cash if the financial system uh, collapses if the government you know there's a lot of, a lot of doomsday um, thinkers in that philosophy in that thought process um The other thing is uh, when we talk about alternative type of investments, this NFT world, do you know anything about NFTs, Mm, non-fungible token? Essentially, it could be uh, music, could be clip, could be video, could be artwork that's digitally stored. So, again, I think of it like… I don't understand the value in it myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know that I would be buying those types of things, but if you look at it, it's so it's basically, let's say it was uh, me doing a slam dunk, right? Mm -hmm. And and somebody took a picture of it, maybe added some color and some art, some artistic part of it, and you encrypt it, and you basically have this digital store of that photo. So somebody says, geez, I'll take a picture of it with my cell phone, I've got a digital store of it. So if you look at it that way, it really has no value. Yeah. If you don't have power, like I would actually have to power up a system to access that the digital NFT. I, I'm not a big fan of it personally. I don't know if it will grow in popularity. It might be. But uh, if it's not tangible and there's no, I mean, but the other thing is, is security. You think of artwork like a Van Gogh, uh, mm-hmm. right? So people try to copy or, or duplicate that, right? Yeah. So there's there's all kinds of, of fraud in that. And they're saying there's no fraud in these NFTs because they're encrypted. Mm-hmm. I guess who cares? I don't know that they're going to have – they may have digital um, ways of displaying your artwork. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more about the, the pride of owning it. I own this NFT. I paid $5 million for it. And some of them are going for for big numbers. Yeah. Well, you can go and buy a copy of,
1: say, a Van Gogh. You could. And pay $40 at Walmart for it and hang it up in your house. I mean, what's the difference?
0: I think the, I think with um, owning a, a fake Van Gogh, yeah. let's say, and hanging it up in your house, um, you would know it's fake. Everyone else would know it's fake, yeah. right? And it would kind of look chintzy, right? Like, oh, it's not really the art that is so impressive, okay. but it's the limited availability, um, maybe the quality of it, how old it is, and the history in that. If you go and buy something at, I don't know, in Walmart, Mm -hmm. right, that's a a reprint of it, like who cares, and you have it at your house. Oh, Jay's got a fake Van Gogh from... (laughs) But
1: it's still a picture of the (laughs) same document, of the same thing, right? Just like the NFT, isn't it?
0: Correct. Um, Well, the NFT is saying that, you know, basically it's a digital code that can't be copied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could take a picture of it. Um, I I don't know, I don't know that it has any value. Either way, you know? It's in the eye of the beholder, yeah. but anyway. So let's let's go back to the um, topic of cryptocurrencies. That's one way that they're you're able to pay for these NFTs is crypto. Yeah, that's one use, one function of it. Um, but our broker dealer, our RIA, is now looking at cryptocurrencies as a, a possible means of investment for some clients who have that appetite risk. Yeah. Right, that risk for uh, the appetite for for that type of risk, I guess. Right, volatility, extremely volatile. You know, when we look at the stock market, we just saw a one year chart on the S and P five hundred. It's up around thirty three percent. The one year number. Mm -hmm. Now, think about it. We go back, rewind time, back to last June, and here we are today, June 10th. uh, A lot has changed over the course of that year, Mm -hmm. up 32 plus percent. We just saw the market crash quite a bit in a matter of, uh, what, four weeks last year?
1: Yeah.
0: So from that February, March period until June, things did not look that great. Yeah. Yeah right And we talk about volatility
1: with these cryptos. I mean, have stocks some stocks really been less volatile?
0: Oh yeah. I mean if, if you look at if you look at how quickly some of the cryptos trade, I mean they could be up or down 30, 40 percent in a matter of an hour. just like GameStop. Well yeah, that's that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, when you look at companies like GameStop, are they trading on earnings? Do you honestly think Beautiful. that there's some compelling thing that they're offering at GameStop that that makes it all of a sudden worth twenty percent more, or thirty percent, or fifty percent, two hundred and fifty, or a 200 percent? Honestly. Yeah. Um, but for those for those folks who are trading in that way, you know that's not how we manage money. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't agree with that long term. If if you've done it right and you've made money, who am I to knock you? Yeah. Hey, you made money. Uh, you did it the wrong way. <laughs>
1: okay, give it back.
0: And, and you know, we have business owners that you know make money in all different types of ways. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Who am I to say that it's right or wrong? Yeah. Uh, we might not in, invest in certain aspects, and we have some clients that are you know might be faith based or uh, concerned with uh, social responsibility. Right. And making sure that we invest in things that are clean and maybe not tobacco or oil and that might be harmful to the environment. So there's a lot of different things that we can hone in on because we're independent. We're able to go in and, and, and kind of peel off those areas where people don't want to invest. You come to me and you say, you know what? My mom, uh, became ill and got cancer and, uh, I don't want to invest in any tobacco based stocks. Okay guess what? We're going to go in and eliminate those. Mm-hmm. Even if they make money, if it if it doesn't sit well with you, why would we have to own it? Yeah. And who am I to say that uh, making money has to be in a certain way? Yeah. I mean, it comes down to the client. Correct. And everything is specific to that individual. Mm-hmm. With that, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with the show. Do you have a high deductible insurance plan? If so, have you set up your HSA? There's a ton of people who don't It is or how it works. Even worse, there is an underserved segment of the population that can't get advice from their advisor about how to make the most of these powerful and unique programs. Not many advisors focus on this in their practice, don't understand the mechanics of how they work, or even where to begin helping their clients. Reach out to me, Constantine at Modern Wealth Management, and I'll guide you through this process and get you on track to make back to Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here, Monarch Wealth Management, joined by my co-host Jason Georgiev. Welcome back, Jay. Thank you, sir. Welcome back, Jay. Welcome back, Jay. Hey. You're here. Okay, so... Um, Zoning in on my computer. Back to cryptos. Back to cryptos. One of the biggest, um, most tradable assets right now is Bitcoin, right? And we're just on the uh, Coinbase website here. We're going back in history. We go back to the earliest date that they have for... Uh, inception, at least maybe on their platform, was one hundred and five dollars and twelve cents a coin, and that was back in August two thousand fourteen. Wow, August two thousand fourteen, and it stayed pretty, I guess, pretty flat at least from the chart before it went parabolic and just went crazy off the charts. So you're around one hundred and five goes to two hundred bucks, thousand uh, dollars in November of fourteen. And then it headed back down four hundred bucks, two hundred dollars, two fifty in twenty fifteen. Right, and then all of a sudden it hit nineteen thousand dollars a coin December eighteenth, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. So
1: at a hundred dollars a share, if you bought a thousand shares back then,
0: what would you be at right now? A lot, 3, a big, a big million. number, a big number, right? Yeah. And so if I look at this all-time pricing, going back to 2014, and this goes through, I guess yesterday's month, well, there is no close, right? That's another part of, cryptos is they trade 24 hours, right? 24 seven. There's no cutoff. There's no open market, closed market. It's always open. But anyway, this is showing Right now, the Bitcoin price is at $37,266 a coin. If you'd been invested since 2014, so um, not quite seven years, right? Or actually, it seven years mm-hmm. in February, seven plus years, 35,351% gain. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. No, not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. But, um, you know, there's not too many people that I know of personally that were throwing money into Bitcoin in 2014. Maybe this craze started happening in 16, 17, 18, and definitely last year. So end of 19, early 20. And then certainly in 2021, you can see that it's off the charts. Mm-hmm. The one-year number on this, so we just talked about the S&P 500 being up 32-plus percent. This is up 276% yeah. over the course
1: of one year. Yeah, but this year has been funny with, with a whole bunch of uh, different securities being up quite a bit like those numbers. Absolutely.
0: You know? Absolutely. So anyhow, um, cryptocurrencies, who is it for? Um, are we able to invest our clients in them? Well, there's, there's certain things that we can use. Um, there, there's some stocks that we could invest in for clients. Right, mm-hmm. and of course we got to go through the risk profile and make sure that it's, you know, something that's suitable, the right thing. Set the expectation that look, there's going to be a ton of volatility in this. Um, this is not where you park cash. Um, I think I mentioned this to you before. I have a uh, family member who called me that's in the school district. And a lot of teachers said that this is one of the safest investments, cryptocurrency. <laughs> safest investments. <It's> great. <laughs> if you're not comfortable with the volatility of the stock market, yeah. you certainly are not going to be comfortable with the volatility yeah. here. And there's a lot of room for you know some fraud. If you give out your wallet and you transfer funds and you do things, you think of hacks and whatnot that have happened, if you're susceptible to that, yeah, of course, just like your your bank account. Your bank account gets hacked, um, yeah, you could have a problem, right? Yeah, you could. The difference is with, with cryptocurrency if you have the right um, right people who are stealing these these coins and whatnot, they're gonna transfer the money out. You're not gonna catch them. Yeah. So that's the downside. You know, when I think of cryptocurrency You think of transparency, this ledger that's public that everyone can see, right? You might not know who the owners are of those accounts, um, but I'm not a big fan of a currency that can be used to hold you hostage, to kidnap you, to um, kidnap data on your computer, to hack a pipeline, to hold your government hostage, and then request funds to be transferred. And there's no way to trace it and, and catch me. Now, I will say, I don't know if you've heard on CNBC, but they were talking about this recent bust. Where they've gone in and been able to capture some of those um, ransom, the, the uh, ransom money. Mm. I don't know how they did it. I don't know the details really. But to me, that is a positive.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a positive because if you're an owner of cryptocurrency, it says, hey, not only is this used as a means for criminals, uh, drug dealers, uh, kidnappers, people who, hackers, right? But there is a legitimate way and and the government is going to do what they can. Mm -hmm. But that kind of defeats the purpose of the reason it was set up was to keep government out if they don't have control. So I'm very curious to see what they did. As far as I know, uh, there's no way for the government to come in and force a wallet to produce the password for that person. And we've got some Uh, close friends who are actually involved in the government and there's certain um, there's red tape I guess for them to be able to have access so if you're a drug dealer let's say uh, and they come in and raid your house they can't force you to give them or your password or your crypto password right okay. but if you've got a bank account they can seize your assets they can free stuff yeah. um, they can pull out the cash in your home the drugs in your home any you know illegal activities you're doing but when it comes to crypto that's kind of like a gray area yeah. And I think because it's so new. Yeah. The other question I had was I
1: remember in the past talking about crypto and like um, I would bring up the fact is how do you take that money out if you
0: want it? Has that become easier? It has. And there's uh, cold wallets, soft wallets, hard wallets, all kinds of what does that actually mean? Well, yeah, there's a way to store your money. So there's there's wallets. One of the big ones, obviously, publicly traded companies, Coinbase, and they have an app. They have a way for you to access that online. And you're able to pull, put money in and mm-hmm. take money out. And they charge transaction fees. Into
1: your checking account, out of your
0: checking Correct. account. Correct. Or I think you could even fund it with a credit card possibly. Okay. That's so. buying it direct. Yeah. Right? So how we can help our clients, we can use, like I said, the stocks and ETFs that are tied to that digital currency. We also have trusts. Okay, so there's trust that buy into those. Mm-hmm. The, the trust have fees and whatnot. So it's a little bit different than the performance you'll find if you were to have the coins themselves, right, in a yeah. wallet. But you're also alleviating some risk, right? Mm-hmm. You lose your password. You can't get in. You can't access it from your brokerage account. You can't uh, get uh, help from an advisor on it, right? Mm-hmm. But now at the end of the month, we're going to be... Opening that up to some clients who have asked and request for it, it's not an investment vehicle for everyone. Yeah. Right. Uh, Granny Smith, who's eighty five, that lives off her retirement, is not gonna be investing money because in of the volatility. Correct. Yeah. It's just it's not suitable, it's not appropriate, yeah. there's no reason for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to take on that type of risk for a client who's looking for stability, who's looking yeah. for income, who cannot uh, succumb to that type of volatility.
1: Yeah. We You're don't looking need for, it. for a client that's in their thirties, looking to invest, has some money, wants to be more aggressive
0: a ton more aggressive yeah you know and and i think that's the important thing is that The functionality, the comfort, um, the expansive nature of these cryptocurrencies is becoming more mainstream, Mm -hmm. where now we as advisors are able to have access to that for the right clients, where it makes sense. But I still have some of those folks who are older in retirement that ask about these massive returns they see on TV, Um, teachers, family members, friends that say, Mm -hmm. hey, look, this safe investment that's only made money, that's not the case. Yeah. You're only hearing one side of the story, and it's just like the stock market too. You might hear somebody who bought a you know handful of stocks that made a ton of money on them, mm-hmm. especially last year market crash uh, for six months, and now they're all of a sudden a trading expert. Mm-hmm. Fast forward five, 10, 15, 20 years, are they able to duplicate that same type of return? Probably not, maybe you know it's, it's not rocket science if you're willing to put in the time you have discipline you can do it mm-hmm. um, but the majority of people know it's not the case Yeah, it's not the case so it's not telling the whole story So at the end of the day, yes, cryptocurrencies are a part of the alternative investment space. Like we mentioned on our last show, uh, BDCs, private equity, private real estate. These are all things that are very specialized. Uh, They're not something that every client or investor should be using. Uh, We have access to them when and where they're appropriate. And I think that's the, the best thing to know about. And I think that's all we have for today. So, again, thank you for joining us. Constantine here, Monarch Wealth Management, Pennywise Financial Podcast. Thank you, sir.
1: You've been listening to
0: Pennywise
1: Financial, brought to you by Monarch Wealth Management. Constantine and David really care about their clients. They want to make sure you're happy, so you'll continue to hire them. There's no commitments, and clients are free to leave whenever they want. Think about being able to pick up the phone and call someone for guidance and advice on almost anything from buying a car, selling a home, buying vacation properties, or even selling a business. Reach out on the website at monarchwealthmanagement.com. There are two offices in Rochester and two offices in Buffalo. Reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, or call us toll free at 800 480 1580. That's 800 480 1580. Until next time, this is Pennywise Financial, signing off.
0: The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual determine which investments may be appropriate for you consult with your attorney accountant and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing securities are offered through lpl financial member finra and sipc